Hey, welcome to another episode of a different type of bean counter, and this is Donald. Um, you know, this format is going to, or this podcast is going to take a little bit different format than what we've been trying to do. Uh, if you go back and listen to the previous episodes, we, we want to interview and provide a platform for nonprofit organizations to uh, share about what they're going, uh, going through and, and what they're doing. Um, you'll be able to listen to podcasts with the uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the Peer Center. Uh, you'll be able to listen to some board members and the Better Business Bureau. But right now, uh, we're going to take a, a little bit different approach. Uh, this is not going to be technical in nature from an accounting standpoint. But as I was reading uh, information yesterday coming across my desk, with uh, so much going on as we deal with um, what everyone is saying, the new normal. We understand how the virus is impacting our workflow and different things like that. That it hit me that, you know, right now is a phenomenal time where we have opportunities to maybe do things that we haven't done in the past and, um, and to prepare ourselves to be better. So one of the things that I want to do, and this is kind of going to be all over the board, um, I just have some thoughts. And what I want to try and get across to the nonprofit leadership, be it an executive director or the board, this is a time of action and not a time to stand still. If your board is not meeting, if your board is not meeting even more regularly than normal, um, right now I, I really want to encourage you to, to consider upping the engagement right now. Now there's a lot going on. Things are changing very quickly. Nonprofit organizations need to be talking a lot of different things. And I'm going to go through some of those things right now with you. The first thing, and... If you're in Columbus, Ohio, and um, you're familiar with Cameron Mitchell, this really stunned me two Fridays ago when I came across my desk that Cameron Mitchell closed all of his restaurants. And I, I don't know him personally. I don't know the financial situations of the organization, but it stunned me. I was also consulting with a friend on my business as a CPA firm and he was telling me or sharing with me a story about one of his clients that's in Charlotte, North Carolina and they own escape rooms and a very, very successful multi-million dollar operation on an annual basis. And I'm thinking about those organizations and I said, okay, why would those organizations be responding right now? And in both cases, uh, the organizations have closed businesses and laid people off. I'm not suggesting that that's what anyone should do. But what I am believing is that they are already quickly making adjustment. How do we prepare ourselves for the other side of the current season? How do we get to that point? And I believe in both of those situations, that they've started to say something that uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jim Bishop, said last week. They are wanting to make sure that they have cash to be able to prepare and to scale 
on the other side of this current season that we're in. So I'm I'm really thinking about that. And man, I'm looking at some of my clients and, and my organizations. And again, I'm not suggesting anyone should close. I'm not suggesting anyone should lay anybody off. But I am highly suggesting that as a board and as an executive director, I, I really hope that you're not spending this time making it through. Uh, obviously, tons of people need to be served. So absolutely, you need to continue to provide whatever services it is that you provide because we need you more than ever right now. But at the same time, we need you to carve out a little bit of space, a little bit of time and uh, your board to think about how are we preparing for the other side of this? And are there things that we need to be doing? I mentioned a conversation last week with Jim Bishop. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he is in a financial uh, planning business. And uh, he and I were talking. And Jim said, you know, Don, everyone knew a recession was coming. And uh, there's no doubt about it. We knew there was going to be a downturn of the economy. We didn't really know when. Uh, but one of the things that Jim talked about that gave me a great amount of comfort is that in most cases, recovery from a recession starts with a change of a process. And currently, we have a ton of changes going on in processes from a standpoint of if you listen to my last podcast, uh, which you can subscribe to a different type of bean counter, you heard that it was my first attempt at doing a podcast with the person remote. It wasn't great, but it was an attempt and we're going to get better at it. Um, your change of process right now, the government is really putting some phenomenal stimulus packages in place and during just a normal economy or normal recovery from a recession, these type of stimulus packages would not be available. So the belief is that the recovery is going to happen very quick. Going back to my first point, yeah, this is a bad time, but the change in the recovery is going to be very quick. So we should be preparing ourselves for that. And in doing that, I hope that you're evaluating the way that your services are being delivered. Uh, some doctors are talking about a bounce back or a uh, cyclical nature of, uh, of the uh, virus right now. And some of that they're talking about maybe it will be in place before medicine is in place. Obviously, I'm not a physician. I don't know any of this stuff. I'm just listening to what I'm hearing. But if that is true, then we really need to understand, okay, However we're doing things now, we need to get better at them and not just say, you know what, it's temporary, it's uh, going to go away. So really, start, I'm really encouraging you to not only think about the way that you're providing your services, but thinking about who you're partnering with and, um, and also how are you going to prepare for the recovery that eventually will come. The next thing is messaging, uh, how you deliver your message. I see right now nonprofit organizations that are actually thriving in the current environment, and I see nonprofit organizations that are struggling. What's the difference? 
an organization called Mission Increase, a national organization. And in Central Ohio, we are blessed to have tremendous leadership in their uh, in Mission uh, Increase. Their messaging and the, the story that they have been trying to get organizations to understand is that your messaging uh, needs to be to give through the organization to the cause, not to the organization. And you look at that and you say, well, yeah, that's simple messaging. But I, I implore you to look at your messaging. Look at the types of things you're saying. More times than not, the things that come across my desk are, hey, Don, will you give to us? Will you buy a ticket to our event? Will you make a donation to us? Will you do this? Very rarely am I getting a message that, hey, Don, if you come to this event, we will be able to do this. Hey, Don, we know from watching you and just seeing what you're involved in that kids are important to you. Kids are important to us, too. We'd really love for you to partner with us so that we can make sure these kids get this. That's messaging, and that's individualized messaging. And right now, that is the messaging that is really winning. So I, I ask you again, this is, this is a great time to really stop and look at your messaging and to challenge your board to help you with your messaging. I was just listening to a book and uh, man, it really um, challenged me a lot. A book about success and doing things well. And one of the big principles in the book was, what can you give away today that will demonstrate your value when resources are available? And this is, this is an interesting concept from a nonprofit standpoint. Because, uh, even, even professionals like myself that serve nonprofits, we think that we give a lot of way. But the question that we really have to start asking ourselves is, is what's our true north? What are we trying to achieve? And if I use myself as an example, I do a lot of consulting work and I do a lot of audit work. Well, if, if one's my true north, then half of my time is wasted because I'm not focused on being the best I can at that, whatever that is. Um, so as we look at the different things, examples that that I'm seeing are, are churches that are live streaming. Uh, if you have the capability to live stream activities, if you were, um, I know one of the things that Fellowship of Christian Athletes that is, is attempting to do is that they're attempting to engage with students in um, a, a virtual uh, platform. Now, you think, well, yeah, that's great, but that will eventually not be necessary. Not, not, not really, because what if, what if a student is sick? What if a student is um, not able to make it? What if, I mean, you still want that student to receive your service? And better yet, what if you created a platform where a parent could take part, a parent could hear this conversation, a parent could also hear the messaging and reinforce it at home so that you gave the parent something to talk about at the kitchen table with that child. So the churches are live streaming. And I, I don't believe that we're going to be able to walk back from that. I believe that people are going to be really excited about that. 
I've seen some churches do it where they create chat rooms. So it's a community. People are saying hi to each other. People are saying, hey, let's talk offline. People are doing all these things to create real communities. And then, are you somebody that can partner with educational system right now? I mean, the, the schools are doing a phenomenal job because they have point of access to the families. Uh, they have point of access to the family needs. Can you partner with a school right now and help a school in doing something? I, I was looking today, and it's funny, my wife and I, we were talking about this. Uh, a moving company, two men in a truck are hiring right now. And she said, why are they hiring? The reason they're hiring is because they're going to be able to have more drivers. What do they need more drivers for? They're contemplating two things. One, as people move from their office home, they're going to need services. Secondly, they're looking at the schools who are out in school buses doing deliveries and getting things to homes. They're saying, well, we have phenomenal trucks. Maybe we can assist in getting large quantities into a neighborhood so that now there's just a neighborhood place that everything gets dropped off. They're thinking very creative and they're looking to partner with people that are already doing things. I challenge you from a board standpoint and from an executive director standpoint to really start to look at your services. I'm gonna pause for a minute. I've said a lot. I'm gonna give a quick ad. You're listening to a different type of bean counter. And uh, you know, yeah, I'm an accountant. I do audit work for nonprofits. I do tax work for nonprofits. But right now I'm really interested in, okay, how are we as an industry gonna come out well on the other side of the current season that we're in with everybody being isolated and trying to figure out the new normal surrounding the, uh, the virus that's running around. Uh, please subscribe. Um, I try to do a couple of podcasts a month. This is a little different than what I normally do. The other thing that um, I want to challenge organizations to think about is technology right now. Please, uh, if you're one of my clients, no more discussions about not needing the same technology platforms and ability as for-profit organizations. This is, this is imperative right now. And if you're not seeing your shortcomings from a technology standpoint, from a knowledge standpoint of technology, I have a client who... Uh, their technology is such that everything is in-house. They have to bill uh, the state of Ohio for reimbursement of funds. Well, payroll's running. They should get reimbursement for payroll so that they can keep, keep the process going. Everyone's home. Payroll's getting paid, but the billing for the reimbursement is not taking place. That's a technology issue. That's a tech, because that organization did not think, oh, you know what, there might be a time when someone is away from the office and we need to do this. I do the billing for this organization. I can't go there. So now they have to cash for more payroll than what they really are set up to do 
simply from a technology standpoint because no one can go into the office and prepare the billing, gather the information necessary, close the books, and prepare the billing because everything is housed inside of a computer that sits on a desk in an office. So as we think through this, um, yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, someone asked the lieutenant governor about cybercrime because we're all moving and doing more and more online. I've met with plenty of organizations and they say, you know what, we don't need to worry about that because we're not necessarily handling information and handling this or handling that. And what I would ask is that as a nonprofit, as you think through, hey, we might need to change some things we do tech from a technology standpoint, that you're also thinking through access and controls. Uh, because uh, just throwing technology up and using it might create more exposure for you than what you're interested in. I've only got two more things. Um, one is along the lines of what I'm talking about is accounting systems. I just got a phone call uh, late last week from a potential new client. And the phone call went like this. Hey, Donald, we realized that we need to automate many, many more things within our accounting process. We need your help doing it. That's a great phone call. Uh, they're looking at their um, processes and they're saying, you know what? We're not built for this new normal. So they are looking at changing and trying to figure out how they can automate more and more. Uh, the other thing that I really encourage folks to do, and this is one of the flaws that so many organizations have, uh, as you go through and as we get on the other side and we recover from this, People do fundraising events all the time and raise phenomenal dollars at them. I know that one of the things that I set on boards and we really try to talk about how do we message to that person that wants to write a check for $1,000 in an event that, man, we're thankful for that. But it would be better for us if you would write uh, 12 $100 checks or $1,000 checks because that way is something we can budget on. If you are a uh, associate with a religious organization, you know that so many of them have gone to online giving or text to give and they're even moving towards, you know what, why don't you just set it up as an automatic gift? And the reason for that and the reason that or some organizations are thriving right now is that they have been very focused on setting up those type of giving campaigns. If you are based upon events, and right now you can't have events, and I have an organization I'm very close with that is based upon events, and we're having to cancel like six or seven different gatherings, that is going to be financially disastrous because we're structured in such a way that we run from event to event. At this point, from a board standpoint and from an executive director and executive team standpoint, again, messaging. Man, we really need to spend some time and figure out how do we message in such a way that we honor the donor, honor the one-time gift, and then also 
let them know how it's beneficial for us if you would do it on a monthly basis. I mentioned, I mentioned Mission Increase earlier. Great organization to work through and work on different type of messaging and how to handle um, donors when you have to have these type of conversations. Um, I think the last thing that I really want to talk about is that a lot of organizations, and I've been talking to them more and more about their strategic plan and performing risk assessment. Right now, I would love for every organization to pull out their strategic plan and look at them. And in your strategic plan, had you talked about things like you're dealing with today? Or did you just talk about uh, very surface program type things? See, the strategic plan needs to be directional. Hey, here's where we're going. Here's what, how we're going to get there. And it needs to also say, what are the barriers to us getting there? You know what? Um, organization A, we really want to expand. This is how we're going to expand. Boom. We've got our strategic plan. Well, no one really talked about the fact that we're an organization that runs from event to event. So what's the barrier to that? What's our, what's, what, what can, what's our risk? I'll use the real word. What's our risk in being an organization like that who's trying to achieve an expansion? So I really am pushing and challenging nonprofit management and nonprofit boards to um, spend some time right now, right now while we're slow, and imagine things that you never thought about before. This is a great time to pull the team together, to do brainstorming, and to say, okay, what if, and, and who knows, right? We may, I heard today, Patel is doing a great job coming out to help us. We, we, may, we may have already stopped the curve. Who knows? Or we could be dealing with some effects of this for the next 18 months. Who knows? Are you thinking that way? If you're not, I really challenge the boards. I challenge the nonprofit management to start thinking that way. And in this season, please don't look at it as a season that's one and done. Look at it as, wow, there's some things to learn from this. There's some things that we have to get better at. Uh, the stories that are in the book, Good to Great, it talks about at one point how uh, the people that had trouble and suffered the most when they were prisoners of war were people that were the most optimistic uh, because they kept believing the great was going to happen and the miracle was going to happen. And as the story goes, you never want to lose faith that great things are going to happen, but you cannot get away from the actual situation and circumstances that are in front of you. You have to be able to deal with those. And yeah, Man, we rely on so many great people and so many great organizations. And in Central Ohio, we have organizations that are stepping up all over the place and doing phenomenal things. And we are so thankful for those organizations. But at the same time, if you're a nonprofit leader and you're a nonprofit board member, I really want to implore you to start to thinking about what is my true north what am I really trying to achieve? What are the barriers to me achieving it? 
and dream like you've never dreamed before on what you can accomplish and the different things that can prevent you from accomplishing it. This was just placed on my heart to share as, as more of anything else as an encouragement. Um, and I really hope that uh, I personally, from a business owner standpoint, use this time well and that when we get through this season, I'm a better, stronger, uh, more productive business than I was two months ago. So that's my encouragement to you. There's nothing on this list that I've shared with you that I'm not also doing in my own in my own business. I just believed it. When we look at these larger businesses, before I mentioned Cameron Mitchell, uh, I mentioned an escape room experience, and just they are planning today for how they're going to operate in three months, six months, nine months. I don't want to be the organization that's so focused on today that I miss what's coming in the future. And I want to implore my nonprofit clients, the nonprofit community, not to be that way either. Uh, we have to serve those that are in need right now. Please do that. You do a great job at it. And I'm not suggesting anything otherwise. But what I am suggesting is your leadership and your thinkers and your, your thought leaders, I hope that they're meeting and that they're talking about all these situations in order to pull you through. I know that small nonprofits struggle with great board members and getting the board members together. But right now, I'm really imploring you to make that a priority. This has been Donald with a different type of bean counter. Please subscribe to the podcast. Um, if you would ever like to talk about your organization, let me know. I've got lists that I'm putting together, interviews. If you have any comments on this podcast in particular, you can always shoot me a message at Donald at Wells CPA OH. And again, this is a different type of podcast. Please subscribe to it. Thank you guys for your time. I look forward to talking to you again soon.